With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. How are you guys doing? Welcome over here to the channel. If you guys are new, do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button. So after filming yesterday's video, Sweden's prime minister held a press conference to tell the world why Swedish ruling party has switched over to supporting and joining NATO and actually choosing a military side. This is the first time this ever happened, by the way, in over 200 years. I mean, that's 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 through two separate world wars. They haven't chosen a side, and now they have. And here's a short little video for you guys of that. Today, the Social Democratic Party has concluded that Sweden should join NATO. Our 200-year-long standing policy of military non-alignment has served Sweden well. But the issue at hand is whether military non-alignment will keep serving as well. And Russia's unprovoked invasion of Ukraine is not only illegal and indefensible, it also undermines the European security order that Sweden builds its security on. So we know that Russia has currently been retreating out of the northern side of Kharkiv over the last four or five days or so, but they've actually been broadcasting over the radio still calling for the Ukrainian military to surrender because apparently they're going to be better off. No idea how a retreating military thinks this will actually work, but at least gives the soldiers there something to laugh about. So here's a, a short video of that. <laughs> And if you're American, you better start worrying because Russian state TV is now claiming that we do not have enough money to last another five days. Yes, that's right. Five whole days and the Pentagon is running out of money for Ukraine. If for some reason you were watching this video and you guys are from Russia and don't really understand the size of the American economy or even how much we spend on our, mil our military, I don't worry. I have a chart just for you. So in 2021, America spent $801 billion on military spending. Russia spent $66 billion. Now, to break it down to more of a percentage for, for when it comes to world's total spending on a military budget, America spends more than 40% on the entire world's budget, for military spending, that is, and Russia only spends 3%. 40% to 3%. All right. So I, I think that should give you guys just a bit more... Uh, uh, I don't know, a bit more knowledge when it comes to try to push this narrative of us running out of money in the next five days or so. Very strange, but there you go. And there's also growing evidence now that there's a Russian battalion that's that's tried to cross the river. You guys know what we talked about last week? They suffered one of the largest losses of the war to date. Estimates are now showing that they lost well over 400 men who were either KIA and or wounded. The estimated numbers are currently sitting at 485 KIA and or wounded with another 80 additional pieces of equipment destroyed in one of the most, uh, it's the largest, I guess you would say, failed attempts for a river crossing in history. I bring this up today because these images you guys are currently seeing, they've started to actually come out showing the actual totals from this failed operation. You're actually seeing these, these pro-Russian bloggers who are starting to say something negative towards the Kremlin. It's the first time I've ever seen it. And they're talking about their ability to possibly actually win this war inside of Ukraine. No, this is not me just pushing some crazy propaganda. You can go find it yourself. It's all over the web. You see these pro-Russian bloggers. Some of them have been arrested in other countries. There was one of them that was actually murdered inside of Ukraine here, I think it was about three or four weeks ago. These guys are everywhere. 
And it's kind of crazy to see them actually come out and say something bad towards the Kremlin. But I also ran across this while researching, and apparently McDonald's, yes, McDonald's here in America, is now completely pulled out of Russia and closed over 800 restaurants there. I know this has little to do with the war, but I thought it was kind of crazy. They continue to pay the 62,000 Russian staff members, even after the war started, they literally paid 62,000 of them, and they did not cease, oper- or they, excuse me, they ceased operations, which cost them $100 million so far. I also had no idea that the French car maker, Renault, was as big as they really are. I didn't know this, by the way, because we don't have them here in America. But they also pulled out of Russia today, and they are selling over $2 billion worth of assets and getting rid of nearly 45,000 Russian employees. So just between those two companies, that's 107,000 Russians losing their job today. 107,000. <sighs> the United States is also assessing that Russia has committed 80% of the battalion tactical groups to Ukraine already. Russia currently has 106 BTGs in country, but a majority of the 140 units dedicated to the Ukrainian mission. Russia currently does not have a whole lot of personnel to add to this fight, and it will literally take months and months and months for them to train and refit these battalion with men. The siege of Mariupol, by the way, has seemed to come to an end. The commander has said that the Ukrainian soldiers at the plant have fulfilled their orders and they were distracting. Basically, the, the, the job was to distract the Russian army for 82 days is what they, they held up to. That is insane. So an agreement has been made to evacuate the heavily wounded soldiers to a Russian-occupied area. There was about a dozen buses there to move men, but I do agree they completed their task at hand and actually did it longer than anyone would have ever thought they could. I personally, when it was day 30, day 35, day 40, I'm thinking to myself, how are they continually, like, what is going on down there? How are they doing this? I mean, we all knew what their mission was. Everybody that was sitting back, they, that, that to me was their Alamo. The same thing we had here, except they were holding so many men. I think I actually mentioned this yesterday. They were holding so many men, Russian men, inside of this area where they could not advance anywhere else in the country. I mean, imagine the amount of equipment and men that were lost on the Russian side of things just to take this area of Mariupol. But it has now ended, and uh, that's pretty much that. We're going to move over to mapping now. So according to some Russian sources, it seems very possible that the Ukrainian army has actually been able to move an element north of Rubizine. So here we go. This is the Rubizine inside of Kharkiv, the outside of Kharkiv. There, this is the same element we spoke about, but I, from what I can remember, I believe the first guard's army of the, the Russian military is roughly about right here. So they may meet a little bit of steep resistance, that is. But I don't have visual confirmation, but it has been, has been said that they are doing probing attacks on the routes leading into Vovchansk. So that could mean instead of them going directly north, they could have been shifted and gone a little bit this way, a little bit northeast. Okay, now I do see that to be a thing. Now, we have spoken in the past that the Ukrainian military is very good at setting up ambushes, more guerrilla warfare type tactics. They've done really well in the past fighting the Russians in a guerrilla warfare uh, sense like they are very good in small team elements now i do not have visual confirmation of this as of just yet but it seems very plausible and just i just wanted you guys to take note of this that there was a ukrainian element here roughly nine miles from Voschansk, which is well in range of the howitzers that they've received from the united states now at the same time i believe that there's been a ukrainian element that's actually pushed out of starry Seltiv and could possibly be moving west so if we look at it from this this could this could be a really big big and be spelling for like a major disaster for Russia. So you have an element, a Ukrainian element that's currently moving this way. Just, just, just bear with me now. They're moving that way. Okay. Now we know that they moved four BTGs worth of men in this area to stop this from happening. Now you have another element, a Ukrainian element that is now moving West. Okay. 
this is spelling a major, major disaster and could lead to the, the supply line being cut off and or hit by artillery rounds. Because now we're looking over here, Vovchansk, or excuse me, Vovchansk was one of the main routes that came in from Belgorod to actually lead down to Kupiansk. And we know that Kupiansk is, right now, the logistical hub for this entire country right now, for the Russian military moving into Ukraine. Now, there was... The closest element was 28.92, so 29 miles away, which is pretty significant. But imagine if the, the Ukrainian element is able to actually push a little bit south, southeast. So imagine if they're able to go this way. They're about to cut that in half, and they're go- I, I promise you that's what they're trying to do. Get those artillery rounds, those howitzers in range so they can actually target the supply lines and the supply routes and the supply hub for this side of the country, which honestly would probably... Further, it would make this 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 conflict in this war end fairly quickly. I am not saying this is going to happen anytime soon. Russia has shifted those men a little bit north um, out of Izium, and if to be honest with you guys, if this continues to happen, I believe I could see them pushing even more and more men out of the Izium area, so they do not lose this ground to the Ukrainians if they're able to continue to push. It is kind of nuts that this is even happening, to be honest with you guys, but I think a lot has to do with morale and what we saw them talking about earlier. The Ukrainians are willing to die for their land. I'm not fully sure that the Russians are willing to die for what is going on right now. I feel like they're more or less fighting so they don't have to die for no reason. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I I just don't see that being a thing. The Ukrainians have something to fight for. What are the Russians really there doing? That's that's my question to them. As me, if I was on the ground, like, what, what am I here doing? I never fought in my life. I fought in two separate wars, but I was never there to to take and secure and keep land. You know what I mean? I was there to to clear a white space, clear out this area, and then we gave it back to the civilian population. We just kept moving. We didn't keep it for anything. They're trying to go in here and take it. Like that's what I'm saying. Like what are they actually fighting for? So anyway, we'll push a little bit east here. So we're going to be coming out of Izium. Uh, I, I like to keep Izium as like the the center for this or the hub, I guess you'd say, for this eastern side of the country. All right, so here is Lyman. There was an area that was taken. Do you guys see this Drobyshev? Drobyshev? Just northwest of Lyman. Now, the area of Novoslavica, Novoslavica, right there, has not been uh, taken or overran, I guess you say, or secured by the Russian military. Not as of right now. But Lyman is now currently surrounded on all three sides, with the fourth side being the Donetsk River. Ukrainian forces have been preparing defenses for weeks in this area and have been destroying bridges to slow the advancing Russians as we do know in the Lyman area. We've seen this time and time again. They hold off to the final second, and then they blow the bridges, which is a fairly common tactic. And they also have been blowing dams to slow them down like they did up inside of Kiev and just here recently on the eastern side of the country. So that's pretty much the the word that is going around. I'm going to tell you guys right now, I believe they're going to shift a lot of their men out of Izium. I'm not going to say it's going to happen here soon. Shift them out of Izium, shift them east, and then go south. And I think they're going to try to come out of Papanza and try to push north. Now, if that's, not the, if that's not going to work for them, they're going to have to shift the men north out of Izium to stop the assaulting element from the Ukrainians from pushing even more east. So I hope you guys do have a good day. I will see you guys tomorrow with another episode. I do love you guys, and I am out.